Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation. Good day and welcome to Extreme Common Sense with your hosts, Trisden and Ray. We hope to leave some of the social polarization behind and dig into the gray area middle of society and politics. When the far left and the far right hate us, we will have succeeded. Welcome everybody, Extreme Common Sense with Trisden and Ray. I'm Trisden. I'm Ray. So if you hear these voices, we often forget to tell people who is who yeah, and who we are. Yeah, we did so, get that complaint, yeah. didn't we? Maybe after our, our commercial in the middle, we'll announce again. I'm the uh, older guy who looks a lot like George Clooney. Right. I'm yeah. the younger guy who looks like Chris Farley. <laughs> but probably more Adam Sandler is what <laughs> I hear. Adam Sandler, Actually, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, I've always said that. To get that periodically. Yes. Yep, yep. So pretty exciting slash special day today. We're bringing in a bit of a podcast celebrity. Yes. Pretty, pretty nice. Yes, so, yes. Uh, the co-host of True Crime Cast and Bless Their Hearts, and uh, probably one of my top six best friends. Jamie's coming in today. Man, you got six friends? Six best friends. Wow. I mean, I've got like four mediocre friends. <laughs> <laughs> and if you count Facebook, I've got like <laughs> 900 yeah. mediocre friends. Yeah, yeah. So how you doing today, Ray? I'm all right. Very not good. too bad. Beautiful day. Oh, man. Again, we're not sure when this will air, but this is the uh, second week of November, 70 maybe today. I would a good say day so. to golf. Yeah. Oh, we should. We should just leave here and go golf. Well, the way the way that I played the final time I did, which I hope it's not the final time. The last time I played was like the first time I'd ever played, and it was miserable. So I would, I really would prefer not to end 2021 on that terrible <laughs> round. So I'd like to try and play one more time. Nice. So before we get into uh, our discussion with Jamie, I did get a nice message last night from a listener oh cool in regard to the episode we did several weeks ago with uh, mr dave townsend oh yeah our a black friend that we spoke about race with right. i don't know why i had to call him our black friend. well Is that just something? sets it up because you know, when's the last time you had a conversation about race with somebody from another race? So, you know. So, okay, so this is a comment we got on that episode, and I wanted to recognize uh, Rebecca and say thanks for this comment. But this is what she said. I grew up in the South knowing good people. I love the rivers, mountain uh, mountaintops disappearing into blue mist. I do know attitudes toward and treatment of people of color in the South when I was living there was deplorable. But a lot has changed. There has been progress. But before progress, there were lynchings and police and courts treated blacks humanely. So many mentally disabled black children were tried as adults and even put on death row and some executed. Black children and adults with physical disabilities were put in solitary confinement for years. I cannot believe such heartbreaking and horrific treatment was frequently normal. Sentencing policy well into the 1900s. Things finally began to change, but these horrible policies, once directed exclusively at controlling and punishing the black population in the South, have now filtered to cities across our country. So, pretty poignant comment uh, from cool. uh, Rebecca. So, yeah. Thanks. That's basically what To Kill a Mockingbird was about. Yeah, very America's true. America's great novels. And my point... Well, thank I, you, Rebecca. Yeah, very nice. And my point on that was, yeah, there is progress, and she mentioned that. Right. But there wasn't a switch that every no. all this ended one day. I mean, no. there is some lingering effects of that. You no. can call it systematic racism or just say, there's a few things we still need to work on. I don't know if you have seen this at all, but now in New York, and I have a bit of familiarity with this, they're fighting about Robert Moses. There's So there's Robert Moses was the great uh, designer, uh, landscape architect, who basically uh, took Central Park and turned it into what it is and then did a lot of design. In fact, there's Robert Moses State Park, and it came to light that in designing overpasses 
He made them short enough that buses couldn't go because they didn't want inner city black and brown people able to hit the beaches. So if they couldn't get under the underpass, they couldn't take the bus. And that's a true thing. And now it's all of a sudden come to light again as part of the whole critical race theory debate because they're saying these are the kind of things that should probably be taught. I mean, I found that out on my own, but you can Google it. Um, That's fascinating. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah, so anyway. Unbelievable. Well, I know our uh, special guest not only is a podcast celebrity, but he also has a day job. So we've got to get him in and and get him back to work. I'd like to welcome. Okay, cool. Yeah, my friend, Jamie. Hey, Jamie. Hey, guys. Jamie, do you use last names on your podcast? Do you find that that's good, bad? We don't, because uh, we kind of started off thinking it's a crime podcast, so if we ever make somebody mad accusing them of a crime, we don't <laughs> want them to know who we are, but... It's good call. At this point, with social media, they can find us if they really want to, yeah. so... Yeah. I have no problem with that. True. Okay. So, again, but uh, we, we mentioned, and we want both of our listeners... To check out your podcast. It's three now. Yeah. Yeah, I want to know about your podcast. So True Crime, it's huge right now, isn't it? Yeah. So uh, my friend John and I, we listened quite a bit. And I think a lot like you guys, like we'd sit around and talk about it. And we're like, we can do this. Uh We may as well record our conversations. That's essentially what we did. So so that's how it got started. We just kind of bought a microphone and started recording and putting it on the internet. Put a hash brown on it. Over a million downloads, right? Close to five now, actually. Seriously. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. We've been going for about four so years. So we truly are in podcast royalty here. Yeah, absolutely. We got to talk to Jamie off air. Figure out what the hell we're doing wrong. Well, and, and in five, fairness, we're getting close five to million. to five downloads. So. Oh, I've downloaded five of your episodes. <laughs> five Come on, million, Jamie. Yeah. Wow, that is amazing, man. Fantastic. Yeah, thanks. And it's, it's been you fun. And a buddy. Yep. And we uh, we actually used to record in this studio right here. We've bought some of our own equipment, and he moved in next door. So that's it's, pretty handy. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome to walk across the street and record. And at some point, we're going to end up hating each other. But <laughs> until then, <laughs> until then, it's going to be golden. <laughs> then we'll have our own crimes to talk about. I guess. Nice. That and, is fa- <laughs> <laughs> that's great. <laughs> and this is extra fun too, because not only did you used to record your podcast here occasionally. Uh, you and I hosted a radio show in this very studio. We well, did. You, you hosted, and I would jump in to randomly talk about whatever I wanted to talk about for an, an hour twice a week or something. But we sort of shared this studio as well. Yeah, and so, we talked about a lot of the topics I've heard you guys discuss on this show, too. Yeah, no, we and it's a miracle we weren't canceled doing terrestrial radio in Center, Kentucky. And this was early podcast or uh, early pandemic talking about vaccines and the mask stuff. And yeah, it's it's a miracle we're still alive. Well, That's I think right. the beauty of that was that it was live. So if somebody heard it, they couldn't recapture That's it right. or That's if true. they missed it. Whereas podcasting, yeah. it's kind of stuck out there. Yeah. That's right. Can't take it back. No. Are you amazed at the popularity of podcasts? Yeah. And, and especially that it's continued to, to grow like it has because it's so diluted. There are yeah. a billion podcasts out there for absolutely every Everything. subject right. and everybody thinks they can do it. And obviously... They can. They can. If, Ray, if Ray and I can do I it. I mean, every, can. everybody can do it. So I, at some point, I'm sure it's going to hit a tipping point where people try to create something new and get away from it, but it's still you, hot. Uh, can you say what your demographic is? Uh, you know, obviously varied at 5 yeah. million downloads, but... Oh, yeah, tw- 25 yeah. to 45-year-old, 70 to 75% women. Oh, nice. nice. Yeah. That's crazy. So is there... Either of you guys. So I'm a, a father of two millennials, and I manage about 20, 20, 20 something. So I, I know that 
age group pretty well. And it seems like there's this real weird dichotomy. Like they, they have a seven-second a se- attention span because of TikTok and Snapchat, yet they'll devote 40 minutes to a podcast. It's crazy. Yeah, It's like it is. this weird, you know? Yeah, and I <laughs> I don't know what the what the catch is. Maybe it's that they can – it's not like a radio they have to be tied to. They can carry a podcast around with them. Listen and, when and they want. Yeah. Multitask. Yeah. That's it. I've never yeah. listened to a podcast only. Right. Never. And I listen to now four or five a week, and it's – I'm mowing the lawn while listening or cleaning out the attic. Or... I've been trying to walk a lot more, and I do yeah. it walking. And, I, and Jamie, with apologies, I, I don't listen to a lot. I've, I've listened to some more. I'm definitely going to tune you guys in. It's fantastic. Yeah, I'm, you... I'm just thoroughly impressed. That is amazing. If you give it a shot, start with the newer stuff. Uh, we yeah. legitimately start out recording in a janitor's closet, so the audio <laughs> quality at this point is much higher. Don't go back to episode one if you want to get started. <laughs> and how long have you been at it? About four years, actually. This, oh, yeah. This last week was our four-year anniversary of our first episode, the seventh, I think. Nice. And how many episodes you in now? Oh, you're not sure. It's a bunch. 240 or so. Nice, yeah. nice, nice. And where's your material come from? Just your own research? Yeah. So uh, we would just pick a case per week, and we rotated. John and I would rotate doing we- research, and, and since nice. then, we've grown a little bit. We actually pay people to do the outlining oh, for wow. us at this point. Fantastic. So it saves us a lot of time and allows us to do the other show. But and I'm assuming that's a subject that's pretty limitless. Well, unfortunately, it is. Like, right, I, right, right. We first started, we're like, how, how much can we get out of this? And at this point, we receive so many like requests that we're never going to run out of material. And thanks to the internet, we can get court documents, newspaper clippings, news articles about anything that happens anywhere. So the research is, unfortunately, well. pretty easy. And true crime is so fascinating. And not to breeze over bless their hearts, which is hilarious and a lot of fun. And like you say, a nice break from the true yeah. crime world. Yeah, so, we yeah. really just started that one so we could spend some time together not talking about murder. So we just <laughs> make fun of ourselves a lot. Very good. That's great. So I guess part of the reason we wanted to bring you in, we'd like to have a guest that I guess is at least a little bit different than us in some sort of way. Because Ray and I Well, he's got of, 5 million downloads, so he's way different than <laughs> us. <laughs> well, if we're talking about that. And, and that's what I said. I thought, you know it would be great to bring in probably the most prominent podcaster, certainly in the county, and talk to him about something else. Yeah. So, there you go. Yeah, that's a great and, idea. And, and, cool. and we thought we would tackle an easy subject, and we would talk about religion. Uh, the first I heard this, too, Jamie. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah that's easy. <laughs> so we, what, yeah, we, Abortion uh, and guns, you figured that wasn't well, worth it? Well, we're going we're gonna to bring Jamie back for all of his stances on guns. What, what we want to do is thin the herd of his uh, listeners on his <laughs> podcast and take some of those to us. So, uh, where should have I? Where should I have checked my weapon? Did you guys leave yours out in the lobby? I just carry mine with okay, me. Okay, cool. uh, the, Troy does not check us at the door, so awesome. let me just bring it intervene in. Intervene just briefly because on the way here, and I flipped through, and they're all covering CNN, MSNBC, Fox. I've got Sirius. So I've got them all. They're covering the trial of that kid who shot and killed. Kyle Rittenhouse. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And the, it was him. He's on the stand, and it was interesting. I would have actually sat and listened to more. It was interesting. Yeah, I yeah. caught some of that this morning as well. Yeah, he completely. Yeah, yeah. He, they took a recess because he was blubbering, crying, and I turned it off at that point. Oh, is that right? Yeah. With a prosecutor asking him questions? or a it, was st- it was still the, the, the easy questions being easy lobbed questions. to him. Yeah, it was yeah. still the defense. It's going to be an interesting case. Yeah. 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 And that's just a sad story, right? Like, this kid probably just thought he was going to go help and do try to do – I mean, I don't know the kid – but in the back of his mind, right? He wasn't going to shoot somebody or well, the, I, I, I'm but he not did sure. have a gun. So he had a gun. But the last thing I heard um, was he finally made it to the police line because he said after he shot, he wanted to turn himself into the police. And, you know, there's a volatile situation happening in the moment, real time. And one of the cops says, get the F out of here and go home, you little bastard. 
Wow. Yeah, because yeah. he just, you know, the cop is, here's this, what, 16-year-old kid, and he's, he's not dealing with him. Right. Not knowing he actually had shot two, two people, I think, right? Yeah. It, wow. yeah. Did they both die? I think only one of them one died. Of them one died. survived. So I, I guess that's the whole purpose of the trial is to I think so. show intent, show motive. And show. can we also just blame the parents? What the hell are you letting your kid, your 15, 16-year-old kid? Mom drove him up there, kid, didn't she? To, with yeah. a gun to, to go, another state. Yeah, yeah. to another Man, state. Give me a fucking yeah. break. Like, that's not good parenting. Yeah, nah, probably not. No. Yeah. Get your right. gun. Let's go drop you off so you can fight people in a riot. Yeah. Yeah, no, break. it's kind of crazy. Right. Yeah. So, okay. Sorry. Got off topic. Oh, no. That's, that's, we, we said we should call this, instead of extreme common sense, slightly off topic. We do that a lot. <laughs> no, it's good. That's that's a letting the conversation flow. Yeah. Bipolar with Trisden and Ray. <laughs> <laughs> Our stream of consciousness. There, there you I go. used to get accused of that on the air. No yeah, that's like, good. God, you just talk about everything. Eh? Right. Well, Jamie, coming off the pandemic, uh, what was church like, man? Because I guess we should give a little background. I would, I'll let you speak for yourself, but I, you, get, you're, you go to church. You're pretty... Mm-hmm. Currently Christian religious is that how would you describe yourself? Yeah, I'm I'm a Christian. I'm a I attend a Baptist church here in town. Um, became a Christian really in college, and have kind of that's uh, a weird Bria college place yeah. to You're become. Bria college a I came to a very liberal college and weird. Then became a Christian. You're either I'm going to go into the Ace League and become gay or go super religious. One of the two, and the, and the coin landed on tails. <laughs> tails it was. So I mean, growing up, I grew up in southeastern Kentucky, so it's like. Harlan County. You're forced to go to church. Like, my grandmother would literally buy me things to go to church with her. So there was never really a choice growing up. But you weren't didn't really get that religious until college, though. Yeah, so it was just going to church to appease my family when I was growing up. When I got to college is when I figured out it was something that I wanted to follow and made that commitment. Uh, I grew up in a Catholic household in Jersey, Irish Catholic house, and I would agree with Jamie's point wholeheartedly, and I always put it into this context— if you were sick enough to not go to church, that was worse than not going to school. Like if you stayed home from school sick, there was a chance mom would let you out at three o'clock to play with the other kids. You stayed home from church, you were done. Wow. You just knew you were going to church. Yeah. You were just going. That was the deal. There wasn't a question till I got to be about fifteen, and and yeah. I really don't, you know, I, I don't practice any religion now. Um, if I went back, I'd probably be the Catholics. But I'm kind of jealous because as I get older, I realize the importance. It's a wonderful community. It's mm-hmm. nice to have that support. You know. It's really important. Yeah. And I was talking to a guy last week. I won't name his name more because I can't remember it. <laughs> but he was saying, like, I'm not religious, but I go to church. Like, I just love the people. Well, and, and I was like, yeah. man, that's so like you have no belief in what you're doing. Right. You just love church. And he's like, absolutely. Right. And I said, man, that's something. Yeah. I didn't know I'd ever talk to somebody like that. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, yeah. it's it, you know, it gives you a chance to, I guess, realize there's things bigger than you. And reflect yeah, on and, that, you know. And there is, I mean, you know, we, you know, we could have some, we could talk some negative things about the church, but to your point, Ray, it's undoubtedly uh, great in a lot of ways. Like, uh, yeah. you know, what they provide for homeless and food banking for the homeless. Again, I'll say it twice. I right. mean, there's so many great things that the church yeah. does. Yeah. So, and again, some of the people, but that's not why you go necessarily. Yeah. And so. I don't think the view that you're stranger reference to super uncommon. I think it's uncommon to express it. I think a lot yeah. of people go to church for those reasons, right. but yeah. they don't always they're not always open about it. Right. Yeah. Well and I my background with church, Jamie, is probably like yours. I was born in California, uh not very religious there. Uh, but when you come to the Bible Belt in the South, 
one of my neighbors yesterday, hey, where, where are you going to church this Sunday? This hmm. is yesterday on my walk. Just like, an assumption made. Just, you know, every month. I'll, he heard somebody, we were recording this today. Right. Yeah. Somebody <laughs> always tries to get me to go to their church. So, you know, you have no choice when you're in the South. Like, you're going to go to some churches because it's what your friends all do socially when you're growing up. So oh, yeah. they'll take you to church with them. So, you know, I grew up in church, was baptized, uh, saved. And I would say college sort of, I don't want to say sent me in the other direction, because you know, I still pray, but definitely uh, probably lean closer to agnostic than you know Baptist faith religious. Mm-hmm. But man, it, it's it is such a personal thing, and now all three of our fans kind of know where we stand. So yeah, that's, yeah, it's a pretty big it's a good deal. story. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, you know, I, I certainly won't say that I haven't struggled with um, you know some of the the specifics of the Bible. I think. It's better to take it allegorically than literally. I think it's hard to take it literally. Um, do, you, how do you feel? About no, that? that's a that's a great point. I, I also at my church I teach Sunday school for high school kids, and I work with our youth group. So, a lot of these questions I get from them all the time, right. and we had a big conversation about that exactly the other day. Nice. And you're going to find people that, like, if you don't believe that every word is literal, then you are a heretic. Right. Right. But people that are a bit more like you, like, think that a lot of these stories are to teach lessons. Right. They're not as angry about it. I guess that's the, like, the more yeah. entrenched you get into it, the more angry that's you get. That's a great point. That and really and that's, I think, a fair point made by Jamie, not by us. They had the anger sometimes that it, you know, that it elicits is hard to understand. Even the Bible version. Like, some folks are, if you don't read the King James, you're not a Christian. Yes. But I, you know, that. I've be... heard people say, if, if it was good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me. But you know to... what? He didn't. He never read the King James Version. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> that's but accurate. to be fair, the Old Testament God is pretty wrathful. Oh, absolutely. You know, that's a pretty vengeful cat, man. Ask Abraham. I mean, so I guess they say the New Testament, you know, Jesus' life was sort of to kind of move that along. But yeah, you know, the Old Testament is What's fire and brimstone, around? huh? Yeah, eye for an eye, right? Oh, gosh, yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, we see in the Old Testament God leading his people to conquer nations and kill women and children. And like, it's hard to reconcile if you're trying to teach somebody about this. I mean, God is love. Also, you should murder people. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah, No, it, it can certainly be hard to reconcile. And especially for those that, like, when I got to college, my roommate would keep me up late reading his Bible. Oh, wow. And then I would get mad at him. And then by the time we graduated, he's completely. Um, Away an, from a- that? an atheist, and I'm living here because I got in- involved in my church in college. So. Oh, that's wild. Yeah. And that's our roommate that uh, yeah. we're mutual friends we're very with. close friends we with. Will yeah. yet thank James for his military service. Yes, he's yeah. awesome. Yeah, that's it. And you went to high school with James. We did. Yeah. yeah. No, right. it is fascinating, and I think college is a place where, you know, it doesn't always, uh, you know, change your mind necessarily, but I do think it either solidifies your belief probably or certainly creates some doubt or yeah. some questions. Right. Going back to your original question, though, I I think there are parts of the Bible. I think there's enough historical context to say a lot in the New Testament happened, or at least the context around what was happening happened. I have a hard time going back to the Old Testament and thinking, Noah and his five kids were on a boat, and they got off, yet we have like, I don't know, a dozen different ethnicities like, how did that boat turn into that many yeah, ethnicities? Right. Some wild stuff. So what's that about? So, I, yeah. I mean, I still have questions about things like that. Yeah. And I think if you're not questioning it and searching for answers, then you're doing something wrong, too. But some hard things to reconcile, for sure. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And one of the things that I found, and I'll let you comment on this, and this is probably something we spoke about when we, I'll say we, like I was half the show, but when you were doing the show and I would periodically come on your show, 
is the handling, certainly locally, of churches with the pandemic. I personally lost a lot of respect for a lot of local churches that were not only very lax with the masking, but almost insistent uh, that folks still keep coming when some of these, uh, when it was really bad. You know, we had people locally dying from some of these church gatherings. Now, do you think that was from the standpoint of um, God will take care and provide, or was it political, or a little uh, of both? I think it was both. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know that God works that way. I mean, certainly not my version of God. I think if God was going to protect every single person from daily things because you prayed, children would never be molested or, you know, rapes wouldn't occur. So I just don't know that God cherry picks things like that. I just don't feel as though that's the case. Yeah, if that was the case, we wouldn't see so many awful people being so successful in life and so many great-hearted people struggling so much and getting cancer and things like that. Yeah, Yeah, do I feel like the power of prayer works or, you know, like the same as the power of positivity. I mean, of course, you're bringing some good into the universe and, you know, putting it out there. I think it's only good to sort of have that mindset. But yeah, I don't think God's going to sit around and say, well, that family's prayed a lot about COVID. So we're definitely going to protect them. We lost a lot of good Christian folks for, to COVID. Yep. Yeah. yeah I view, you mentioned prayer. I view that as more a lot of times of changing me than changing God. I don't know that I'm going to be able to come up with an argument that makes God change his mind about something. <laughs> right. But if I'm praying hard enough for a family that's having a hard time, then at some point my heart's going to change to where I get off my butt and do something for that family. Well, there you go. That's and my heart becomes more in line with God's heart in that's those ways. That's a fantastic way to look at it, Jamie. I, I don't know that I ever thought about that. That's that's really a cool answer. Yeah, no, I completely agree. But yeah. I do think that a lot, like, I think there was a lot of, politics behind still having church and they a lot of yeah. the leaders would use the God will protect us to convince other people that it was the right thing to do. Isn't that evil though? Like yeah, isn't that evil? It's not a great development and and I, and I don't know you know again I really only have the Catholic Church as a reference and I don't ever remember. So there's really no. nothing you could say against them. I, I <laughs> no no just uh, everything's perfect. And that's funny you make that point cuz dad passed away and my dad at two, in, in 2004 at age 84. So he really ran that gamut and at the end of his life that church was just you know all of that nonsense was breaking and I just felt so bad for him cuz he's too old to really you know He's not going to get a second start. And it just wore him out. You know, it's like, what in the hell? But no, what what I was going to say is I don't remember politics being preached ever, really. It's sort of, I I can't say it's a new development, but it did seem to happen, you know, 20, 25 years. I I guess Jerry Falwell, Pat Robertson maybe led some of that. But um, yeah, that's not a great thing to have a pastor telling you how to vote, is it? No, 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 not at all. Uh, I've lost, you know, I've got some liberal friends that are, you know, as deep in the church as anybody. Um, and it definitely has made their experience hard because I think it is hard these days to find a church that doesn't, if they're not blatantly telling you to vote a certain way, they're certainly hinting that you, you think? should be voting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I haven't went Do you find as that much. Jake, yeah. You yeah, do? I okay. do. And, and it's not, like you said, it's not even, it may not be direct vote for this person. It may not be direct on the issue, but it can be focused on another message and then just kind of slide in there okay. because we all know this or because we all agree on that or in, in, in subtle comments. Yeah. So you got to listen with a little bit of a critical ear. Like, I, oh, I think so. Ah, that's cool. Okay. Do you feel like you should vote a certain way, Jamie, because of your religion? Oh, that's I a mean, great question. Um, that's I, a great question. That man. is a great I'm question. I'm impressed, man. These questions are getting better. I think because <laughs> <laughs> my faith shapes who I am, then that has to be an important factor in me assessing the issues that are coming up and that the and that the candidates are bringing forward. So uh, 
I, I'm not going to like I've not always voted Republican. If that's your question, it like was I, not. Yeah, but yes, it thanks was. Thanks for that was a very veiled question. Thanks Kristen. for letting us know you love Trump and you're going to a MAGA rally. Dude. I did not vote for that man. Um, okay. and, and that's the thing. Like the and we could talk about that for a while too. That you are a Republican but not a Trumper. But please finish I, your answer. I, yeah. So I think my faith shapes my view of the issues. And for some issues relate back to my faith, but there are also like my Bible talks a lot about serving the poor and the orphans and widows. Sure. And that's more of a Democrat. That's more of a leftist, like serving the community. So not sure the show we, um, which it was was with a guest because I remember saying, now here's something that could get you in a lot of trouble. I I think it was when Dave was here. But if you look at the life of the historical Jesus, A, if you led a life like that, it'd be a wonderful life. And B, I think if he's alive in 2021, he's kind of looked at as a lefty. Yeah. I mean, everything he was espousing and doing, now that's going to tick some people off, but doesn't change the fact that, you know, the poor and the indigent and folks not served is who he was serving. Right. And I think the... The Christian church has done a good job of making it all that versus abortion and making abortion the biggest issue in the world right. to Christians. Right. Is that fair? Yeah, no, that's a huge one. And that's something it that, is a huge one. that I've had to struggle with. And I'm also a foster parent, adoptive parent. So I've seen some of the side of people who would have considered abortion or that kind of thing. And sure. I'm certainly not saying I'm pro-abortion, but... The, the issue is a lot more complex than let's not kill babies, right? That's not what right. we're talking about, which is what I, most conservatives make it. I always say, and I know he's become anathema now as he's an older man, but I always say I think Bill Clinton had it about right when he said abortion should be safe, legal, and rare. Yeah. Because there is almost no compromise on that subject, but that may be the closest. Now, again, slightly off topic, did you see that SNL skit that Cicely Strong did, the clown abortion? Oh, man, that was rough. That was rough, man. Yeah. Now, I don't know if that was um, her own life, you know, if she lived that, but gosh, that was a rough skit. Because yeah. I'm watching it going, it oh, intense. my God, that's controversial. Yeah. Yeah. Not really funny, just kind of a mess. Yeah, just, yeah. But I guess we're going to be dealing with this because didn't the Supreme Court say they're going to rule on that Texas uh, decision? Yeah. So it's going to be here. It's yeah. going to be prominent. And you know what I've said, Jamie, again, slightly off topic uh, to my conservative friends is I, I understand your passion and your anti-abortion stance, but... If Roe gets overturned, which I doubt it would fully get overturned, it'd be piecemeal. Do you really want to unlash, unleash that left wing crazy? I mean, you think you think I, I, there's no way to say this politely. You think feminists can get in your face now? Wait until Roe gets turned over, you know, right. yeah, uh, overturned. Oh my goodness, that would be a left wing. And I'll, I'll, I'll agree with you, Jamie. I'm not pro-abortion. Like I do not want abortions to occur. But I think it's also been proven time and time again. And I wish I'd written down a source for this. But the abortion rate has consistently went down over the last 50 years, regardless of like who's president or politics, because the access to uh, prophylactics and things are easier and more ingrained in the culture. So they just they happen and it's sad and you wish they didn't happen. But also, I don't necessarily wish they wouldn't happen politically. I just wish they wouldn't happen in the real world. Like I wish people weren't faced with a decision to, you know, well, I know my father who's molested me my whole life is going to be helping raise this kid. And, you know, people make some really hard decisions that I wouldn't want to have to be a part of. So it's easy for me in a semi-normal middle-class job, white guy to say, ah, I would never have an abortion. And that's horrible. And these people that would do it are evil because that's my, you know, that's my life. But, you know, I've never grown up in a house with sexual assault and 
physical abuse and literally no money for food. And, and, you know, so you'd like to hope that people don't have abortions because they don't need abortions. So let's fix the things that cause people to have abortions and quit making it only a political vote thing. And these Democrats are killing babies. And let's actually solve the problem of abortion instead of just solving, you know, courts and laws. Right. Yeah. Or even step back and say, if I am pro-life, what does that mean? Like, that is not just me yelling about abortion. Yeah. If I'm going to say I'm doing that, Be I need like, to support people that let's help get rid of poverty. Let's right. take in some kids that need help. Let's right. um, even like you'll say I'm pro-life. Let's stop killing babies. Yes, let's death penalty. Kill everybody that's on death row. Like, well, are you pro-life? Well, really? that's see, good point. Now, now there, back to my Catholic friends, that's something they do, I, in my opinion, correctly, which is they take a firm stance against abortion and a firm stance yeah. against the death penalty. Because I'm not sure, because none of us are God. So how do you get to say what's an innocent, you know? Yeah. Right. So you, you, it's really a kind of a hypocritical, I think, to be pro or uh, you know anti-choice um fervently against abortion but in favor of the death penalty yeah kind of doesn't really work does it it doesn't no. I, I don't think it does i can't reconcile right. it that's a good point yeah yeah and you find a lot of that yeah you know well and i had uh i had some police classes at my community college right after high school there's a lot to unpack there go there, on there, yeah, is. there is and uh <laughs> our professor was a, a warden he had been a previous warden had retired to teach some classes Talking at about the community prison college prison warden okay. which you know probably a great sitcom there you know for this <laughs> guy going from prison warden but he said uh you know i asked him because we discussed uh, you know uh, the death penalty and i said what do you think about the death penalty this grizzled old guy and uh, I, I can't quote him because it was 30 years ago or 25 years ago. Oh, I thought you were going to say because it was just filthy. Yeah. Well, no, no. But his quote was something to the effect of, there's no death worse than what these motherfuckers go through being in prison for their life. Yeah. Just, well, this is a, you know, if you're trying to punish them the worst, make them serve life. Yeah, it's well, okay. not even close. Yeah, because death, you've got... There's you fates know, worth, there's worse some, than death. Right. There's yeah. dread and, you know, you've got that one moment of death, but then, you know... This is 60, 70 years of and every no, and, day being and miserable. Really, nobody ever says that. That's that's a view that doesn't get said too often. Right, and I took that with me. I said, man, that's pretty good. And he would know more than me. Like, yeah. he was there every day. And, and it also makes for some great movies. Shawshank, one of oh, the top yeah. five movies. Oh, oh yeah, so absolutely. Stephen King. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> Stephen yeah. King, yeah. 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 Uh, Andy Dufresne. Well. So did your church handle COVID pretty well with folks? I mean, did you... We did. I'm pretty thankful for that. Um, not only, like, we shut down, we just started doing Sunday school, like, started meeting in small rooms again a month ago. Oh, wow. So, and we shut down this summer again when the second wave hit. So, I, th I think we did a good job of being as safe as we could with that. But I also think a lot of awesome things that have come out of this is we've completely revamped our, I guess, virtual presence. Like, we're still broadcasting. So, we're able to reach people we could never reach before. That's awesome. Because That's awesome. we're still streaming every episode. We've built an app where you can come on and interact with the sermon. Like, there's so much more outreach online than there ever was before. And we're continuing to do some of those things. So isn't I think that, that's good. Isn't that great? I mean, there are things that came out of COVID that aren't all just horrific. Something like, mm -hmm. you know, and I guess the technology was there, but it was kind of lingering. All of a sudden you were forced to use, I mean, even a computer moron like myself is able to do some Zoom calls and so forth. Our thing the other night. I oh, mean, yeah. Um, and it's just, it really, it's a great, it's not really an innovation, but it was just a great happening. Um, not that there was anything great about COVID, but it was certainly, you know, not forced upon us, but it, it, it happened. Yeah. You know, that, that electronic connection that some of us didn't have and now do. It is nice. And I will definitely say 
I think too for churches like yours, I think it's probably better for outreach to be able to say, mm-hmm. you sure. know, look, we all love God, but we're going to be as safe as we can. It's mm-hmm. you know, I think the same argument could be made for the vaccine. It's like, yeah, trust God, but God's given us this vaccine, and you can say God Trump or God Biden, whichever one you like, because they both <laughs> had a hand in the creation and yeah. you know, and having it, but. Uh, but yeah, I think you know, for churches to get new members and to really be able to reach out and say, "Look, it was safety first. Mm-hmm. You know, I had my friends went to church and they continued with the uh, like the handshakes and the hugs and oh. all this right through COVID. And I just thought, and you know, I would, you know, I, I would never go to that church. I mean, I because churches, of course, are full of old folks very yes. often. There's yeah, not like only young people in, in right. church. So right. yeah, and that's that's hard to wrap my mind around. I just I feel like that's evil. Yeah. Well, our church tried to do elbow bumps when we came back instead of fist bumps, and yeah. that, that was really stupid. So very anti-elbow bump. Let's just nod and smile. How about there you that? Go. Nice. Yeah. Thumbs up from across yeah. the room. I'm good with that. So you mentioned, Jamie, that you're a Republican, uh, but not a Trump guy. How do you rectify that? And where is your party going? So, oh gosh. This was not on the agenda. Slightly off given. topic, Jamie. Um, you brought it up. About two years into the Trump presidency, I changed my registration from being a Republican to being an independent. Um, that had some to do with 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 Trump stuff, but it really mostly had to do with just the fact that it was everything was so divided and everybody was just screaming at each other and not listening to each other or not doing anything to fix anything. So I was like, I don't want to be affiliated with any party. So I did remove myself from that. Did it happen to be in Trump's term? Yes. Do. Not well. I guess more people know that now than they did earlier. But so you're on the record as saying you hate Trump and all the people that like him. Not a big fan of Trump, man. <laughs> I will say that. Like uh, people are all begging. I would love my mean tweets and my low gas prices back. But no. tell me, show me one person that dude showed the love of Christ to. Like wow, yeah, I don't. My your, goodness, he said so many awful your mouth things. To God's ears, brother. Yeah, about that's awful right. well, people. I've got a real good buddy, Jaeger, who. Um, who I always say is the smartest guy in the room. He's a little bit cynical, but he makes the case that a lot of Christians compromise themselves. So, you know, Mike Pence being the prime example. So I, I think Mike Pence, I always do the neighbor test, you know, would you like Mike Pence as a neighbor? hundred percent. I think he's a, uh, I think he's a wholesome individual. I think he'd be a great neighbor, meet him at the fence. Everybody's polite, but he caught him, you know, he got caught up in that Trump world and kind of, you get compromised, man. And yeah. that's, that, that that's a thing. I mean, when you're supporting this guy, you know, and and I think maybe Christians didn't answer that question enough because obviously the conservative Republican Christian base, the evangelical base, loves Trump. Yeah. But how do you answer that question about his personal foibles? That's oh, you, well. you can't be the group that threw stones at Bill Clinton in '98, right. and then you know bleeping porn stars. But yeah, pregnant wife is at home. You just can't. You can't rectify. Yeah, that. it's and on, tough. On the heels of that, Ray, you're going to like this. Uh, we do a little break uh, since we're new to the podcast game, and we don't have any sponsors yet. And just before we hire our sales staff, we want to use this time to pick out a small independent business at random and give them a free plug. This week, our head audio technician Apollonia found a great little place we can hopefully take to new heights, and she wrote up a commercial that I will read now. Ever feel lonely, like there is something more to this life, a better group of friends, a more structured existence? Do you love dudes in super big hats? Give the Catholic Church a chance. Children acting up? Need to be taught a lesson or two? Drop them off with the Catholic Church. They have years of experience giving out appropriate discipline. 
that your little tykes will never forget. Do you have major regrets or deep shame and secrets? Have you always wanted to tell them to a stranger behind a curtain? The Catholic Church is for you. And the best part, it's absolutely free. The Catholic Church. Check them out on Twitter or at your local cathedral. That's all right. That's a small little group. Could use your help. Yeah, and hopefully we can we can improve their yeah. numbers. Excellent. I like that a lot. Yeah. Uh, it's not quite a curtain. I have a really strong recollection of confession. So you go into a little booth, and it's dark, and you kneel, and then the window opens, it slides, and you see the silhouette of the priest, and him, you, and then you, bless me, Father, for I have sinned, and you basically make stuff up. <laughs> I lied to my sister, and I, call, or I lied to my mom, and I called my sister a name, but I will say this. My mother would go in there and literally spend 10 or 15 minutes, like, God help you if you were behind oh, her man. in line. Now, obviously... As a kid, I was just like, oh, mom's taking forever. But on a serious note, obviously she wasn't in there telling lie about her lies. She was using the priest as a minister. She mm-hmm. was talking to him. And obviously he knows who it is, right? Irene Wyatt. I mean, they're not. there's no mystery there. Um, and, and that's cool. That's, that's a, again, back to the good part of a church, to have, you know, mm-hmm. the minister should tend the flock, yeah. you know, and should be there to open his ears and or her ears and listen to what you right. have to say well, and, and help you with those problems. And we do – We I, I kid the Catholic Church a little bit there. I'm sure they'll really feel that pain. But uh, but no, to, to go back to your original point, like there, I think in my heart there is more good in churches than bad. Like you know, the folks are good, the things they do, what they try to believe. In, and, you know, people, of, of course, by nature are very imperfect animals. But right. no, I, I do think church is a positive thing and a plus for folks. Um so yeah, well, it's, that, it's better than not. There is, uh, you know, Jamie may well you, you may actually agree. You've been very fair, but you know that, that sometimes if you say there's what's the old line about you know would wars exist without religion or, or if religion went away would wars go away because a lot of that conflict that religion uh, brings with it right Arab versus Christian versus Jew and so on and so forth. But to your point, there is an awful lot of good. So, you know, you weigh them against each other. Hopefully the good still outweighs the, the pros outweigh the cons. What do you think, Jamie? Yeah. No, Church but, or war? What do you choose? <laughs> um, where's that coin I flipped earlier? No, no, absolutely. I think if, if I mean, there's there's Westboro Baptist Church. That's the name of the yes, church, right? right. They're like, Jesus. goes around protesting yes. everything and telling everybody they're going to hell and they hate them. Right. Like, that's obviously doing damage. Right. Um, I think most churches exist like it's all. This is going to sound bad. A lot of churches, as you all have kind of mentioned, turn into a social club. So there are benefits there for the people involved. Some churches that are doing it right are doing the community outreach you referenced yes. earlier, like supporting the homeless, having food banks. So I think those positive things, whether it's for the people in the church or the community outreach, I'm not sure there's a lot of damage to the community being done there. Unless it's like the teaching from the pulpit of vote for like brainwashing stuff, which which happens, but you would I don't like know to if see, it's as prevalent. Yeah, I, I would like to see a way for that to go away. I just feel like it's it's becoming not only a social club, but a very exclusive social club that's only allowing one side of the political spectrum. Why wouldn't you want to accept both sides? I mean, why not bring these people in, explain, we've got a church 
in town that puts up rainbow flags and say, well, no matter who you I, sleep with, basically, you're welcome here. Yeah, and I don't know that you want to blame that on churches. That's just reflective of the divide generally. You know, I keep asking that question because they're both such divisive terms, whether it's people in the middle part of the country where we are referring to the coastal elites and the out-of-touch Hollywood types or the out-of-touch Hollywood types and the coastal elites referring to where we are as flyover country. They're both very divisive and derisive terms. Oh, yeah. So there's, it's just that place where we find ourselves now. It's all of it. So now now that's filtered into churches, you know. But do, but church, doesn't that have to be the last bastion of we're not just going to divide ourselves yeah. and keep well, people out? So yeah. I do think churches are held to yeah. a little bit higher of a responsibility to, Probably true. you know, to, to step in and say, look, we're not going to hate you because of the way you vote. Right. If you believe that abortion should be legal, let's talk about it. I mean, let's have that conversation, right? Like, yeah, it's easy for a group of dudes that... I don't know, or in the Jackson County Coon Club to say, yeah, they're going to believe a certain way and you're probably not getting in if you're a liberal. But churches, man, they do sort of have to be open. That's should, a good point. Should that be legislated? Like you lose your status if you encourage voting in certain directions? Well, I think there are, right? Like I think you can already. I think it's legal on some level. I don't. I think that's a national law. But I thought I, that I, was some new proposed things that had come out during the last election, but I could be wrong. Yeah. No, I think there's an old thing. You're not allowed to use your church as a, as a political tool because basically you can't right. because of your, your tax status. Yeah, the right. tax status plays a role. Right. Yeah. I, so yeah, I think you're right, but I think there were some even stricter regulations coming down the pipe of what you can and can't even like say inside, not using like, not, oh, yeah. a, no, not that, a this church endorses this candidate is illegal, but right. the pastor can still say in front of the church... Yeah, this guy's not good for our country. So yeah. how far to take that to legislate it? I don't know. Yeah, no, who does? That's a really tough one. Yeah, yeah, and you know, in November, if you drive around Kentucky where we are, you'll see some of these signs. Uh, there's one in uh, Pineville that's always like, uh, "Don't forget Election Day. Make sure your vote is right." You oh know? yeah, and like you know, two or three little things. Oh, wow. it's like, I don't know, man. I just hate that. I wish you know. I know abortion is a powerful topic in the church, and I, I just wish it was a. Uh, discuss more openly with folks on both sides because mm-hmm. it tends to just be something that polarizes people instead of folks getting together to because I don't think you know 99% of democrats don't love abortion either they just understand that in these rare cases that there does that you know it's it's something that needs to be legal so i think getting together and figuring out how to help women and how to help people in bad situations and figure out a way that we don't need abortions uh, I think is the answer. And I think as long as churches sort of are closed off to people that are, you know, don't vote exactly the way they do, it's, you know, it's a harder battle. It would be an easier battle if they were inviting those folks in. And because they're kind of entrenched in and not inviting them in, I think those individuals kind of don't want to go in and have that conversation oh, now yeah. because they don't feel welcome. They feel like they're on enemy territory. Yeah. 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 There are the Unitarians. You can go to the Unitarian Universalist Church. I think that's the liberal. That's where you yeah. go, The right? liberal church. Uh, you know, I haven't, but I've <laughs> yeah. kind of looked at it a little bit. Yeah. yeah. They're sort of— Interesting. I think I'm more Buddhist of, right now. Are you, well, <laughs> you know, inner peace. There you go. Nothing, nothing wrong with inner peace. God knows I've never attained it. <laughs> it's not an easy thing to attain. No, no, no. So, Jamie, how are you doing on time? I think we've got six more minutes with Jamie. Is that right? Yeah, I'm good. So your podcast airs when, Jamie? So slightly off topic. No, no. True Crime Cast comes out Tuesdays uh, with a full episode, and Fridays we have a mini episode that we call True Crime to Go, and then Bless Their Hearts is on Thursdays. And bless their and you do what with Bless Their Hearts? That is ridiculousness. So we had a draft of our favorite potato chips last week. We ranked the top songs of the '90s at some point. What was number one? Hootie, something from Hootie. I want to say had to be something from Hootie. What's opinion? Not. 
right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, I love Cracker Review is one of my favorite albums. One of the best. Um, Yeah, Yeah, exactly. No, I think it was. I think it was Nirvana or something. We got a really weird Ron discussion in there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Smells like Teen Spirit. We told our favorite redneck stories about the pet raccoon I used to have, and he's from (laughs) Jellico, so we share a lot of that. Nice. (laughs) This was so much fun, Jamie. Thank you for coming. We appreciate it. Ray, as always, it was a pleasure, and I guess we'll call it a day. All right, Triz, where can people find us? Uh, Hopefully, you can jump on Facebook and check us out, uh, Trisden and Ray, Extreme Common Sense. You're probably going to disagree with a lot of what we said, so jump on and tell us how stupid we are. Please. If you happen to agree, wouldn't mind that either. No. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Extreme Common Sense with Trisden and Ray. We hope you had fun and look forward to taking on another topic next week.